Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Hey everyone, welcome to Side Work. Uh, this is your new favorite podcast for waitresses and waiters by waitresses and waiters. Uh, this is a podcast where we hope anyone who's joined uh, the trenches of the servers across America will come uh, find that this is cathartic, funny, relatable, and uh, a good place to bitch and make fun of your shitty job. Um, so anyways, my name is Brooke Van Poplin, and today I am joined by my fearless co-hosts who've all served time. I'd like to introduce you to Andrea Wallace. Hey, guys. Andrea Wallace here. Spent about 12 years in the shit, waiting tables, bartending, happy to be here. Wonderful. And then we've got Jocelyn Hughes. Hey, it's me, JH. Uh, served about solid decade in the old service industry i've recovered i feel like i can finally talk about it and ah. and, and really get into deep without crying getting into hysterics throwing things etc so hey happy to be here perfect and then uh we've got kyle june williams who's got a little twist on her version of uh service industry oh yeah i've been in the service industry for the better part of 20 years off and on uh and I'm kind of still in it. You so, are. Uh, I will be, I, I'm actually, I, I'm undercover currently. Yeah, you're going to get research. You, you're kind of, it's like narcos, but for waiting tables. Um, well, we thought it would be really fun to get together. Background on me, Brooke Van Poplin. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, for this episode, going to be your ringleader. And I thought it'd be great to bring these ladies together because I have, in one way or another, kind of served with you all over the course of my life. Um, none of you knew me in Michigan, so I'll have to drag someone up from the ditches of Michigan sometime. But Andrea and I uh, worked together in Chicago. Yes, we did. We sure did. And then <clears throat> Jocelyn and I, although we did not have the same job in Brooklyn, we broke into a lot of the same kitchens after hours of restaurants we worked at. Yeah, we visited each other and harassed each other, <laughs> mocking each other's serving jobs. Fun stuff. It was great. I loved to come in and have you wait on me. That yeah. was a special point of... Uh, it's like the only thing know. we could afford is Seriously. free Please stuff give we'd me give each other. Free appetizer, Dawson. <laughs> and then Kyle and I met in Brooklyn as well while we were both... Uh, we were waiting tables at restaurants that were one avenue away from each other, uh, deep in the shit of Brooklyn. Yeah, and I worked with your boyfriend at the time. Oh, we're talking about this already. Good. Uh -huh. Okay. And and you worked with um 
a guy I used to sleep with. Oh, yeah, <laughs> who uh, was missing a tooth. He yep. kept losing his tooth. Yeah, I would leave it at random places mm. in my house, and I would find it like a little present. We tried to have Justin, I'm going to name names on this podcast, <laughs> but we tried to have Justin keep his tooth on a small uh, necklace and or chain so that he wouldn't lose it. Uh, excuse me, waiter, uh, there's a tooth in my salad. Was it that? Did that happen a lot? Oh, oh good, I've been looking for that. Oh, wonderful. Boing. Let's pop eat. it back in. Can I get you a refill? It's my eating tooth. It's <laughs> my eating tooth. Get back in my mouth. Well, don't worry, everybody. Uh, as the as the podcast goes on, we are certainly going to delve into the world of trash bags that we all slept with over the course of <laughs> working in the service industry. Um, you know, I, it, it lights me up just to think of all the mistakes and uh, a fun little antibiotic uh, solvable diseases I caught from mostly everybody, but just kidding, just kidding, I'm clean. Um, got HPV at age 40 from someone different. Anyways, so it's let's not a get death going. Sentence. Um, so I just thought uh, I'd, I'd throw it out there to you all. Um, some stats that I just found is that right now, currently in the U.S., 3 million people are considered employed service industry professionals. And that seems low to me. Yeah, I Everyone mean, should have to do it. I agree. In their really. whole life. It should be like a, a requirement in high school, like when you have to take math. Like the Israeli <laughs> army. Uh, seriously, you should have to serve someone in some capacity. For two years. Oh, you had a time. I'm, I'm just saying even once. Just once. So just yeah. get it under your belt so you know how it feels to be ordered around like a peasant. And go from there. See where life takes you. I think exactly. brunch is the best place to be thrown into, personally. Think, yes, yes. Sunday brunch, and everyone has to do a shift, and then come back and talk to me. Yep. Wow, you're cruel. <laughs> yeah, well. Life lessons, customers Kyle. Customers are cruel. I mean, Chefs I said two cruel. years, but brunch is worse. <laughs> yeah, waiting on a restaurant full of hungover people demanding more mimosas that are bottomless. I thought it was unlimited. Kids who haven't eaten. Oh, really? Oh, such a Can we get something ASAP? I didn't feed my baby. Okay, well, you're a bad parent. It's not that I'm a bad waitress. You're um, a bad parent. I How said over medium. Child. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I, that kind of blew my mind because I thought that three million people actually sounded low because I'm sitting here going, that must be who's on the books. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like legally. Um, so it's got to be more like 40 million people. How many people live in the United States? I have no idea. I think it's like 8 billion. Wow. No, that's the world. Okay. 30. <laughs> well, that is no. an American mentality. We are the world. I mean, don't 8 million people live in New York City? Uh, yeah, it's kind of up there. It's right up there where I think Manhattan. So not even half of the people who live in New York City across the country. That does seem very low. It does seem low to me. And I, I was thinking, too, just because we all, um, for the most part later in life, worked in bigger cities with, you know, where people spent more. But and people go out more. I was thinking about that today. Like, do you guys think more people are going out now than they did Well, that's not the point ago? I was getting to, but Sorry. thanks. Um, Andrea, <laughs> rein it in. Uh, so I, I was realizing that we all lived and worked in cities that, um, you know, where people, the price point was higher and what you said, uh, they go out more, but across the country, the average salary for a waiter is $16,000. But is that including tips? Cause I know when I, when I lived off tips, I didn't report the tips like I should have. Yeah. And I'm just kind of wondering if that's maybe newer because there's a system that's tracking your paychecks versus Yeah. I mean, everything's different. Sometimes like restaurants will take all of the credit card tips and put them in your paycheck. Right. 
as opposed to giving you the like cashing okay. you out at the end of the shift. So that is what they do nowadays, okay. as opposed to I mean, unless you're with a smaller establishment, but a lot of chains. There's also the whole service charge thing, which is an entire episode. In okay. This, yes. Right? Yes. And then living in California, where you get like a decent like hourly wage compared to the rest of the country. Some places do something like that. Because yeah, I was gonna say I probably spent sixteen thousand dollars in tips at other bars and restaurants. Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and if you're listening to this Giving and you, it back. Well, that's because you you're a know, good person. There's some states that you legit, if you're working in the service industry, are making $3 an hour. Right. Because they consider your tips part of your pay, even though they don't dole that out. So yeah. if you live in one of those states or work in one of those states, God, I feel you. <sighs> they're nightmare rough. checks, and it's very depressing to receive one. Well, uh, you know, so I really quickly wanted to go around the circle, and um, if anyone wanted to summon uh, your server voice and maybe one of your favorite uh, catchphrases while you wa walked up to a table, um, maybe we'll play a little game where in your voice and in the tenor of talking to a table, you talk a little bit about uh, how you got into the service industry in the first place, and uh, if you, uh, what kind of cuisine you served. Andrea, this is a fun game. You start. All right. Well, we'll, we'll do uh, like my only corporate uh, position, which would be at Buca de Beppo. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> in Chicago. God, uh, I yeah. And actually started in Omaha, Nebraska, um, and then was able to transfer to Chicago. See, so. that's fancy. It was fancy. You know, like say, I, I, I moved, not a real career. I moved to Chicago like with a job that I was, I was like, anyway, what's, uh, I mean, so, um, <laughs> hey guys, how are, how are we? We good? You guys great tonight? I'm Andrea. I'll be your server. Um, have you guys dined at Buca de Beppo before? Has anybody eaten? No? Is that right? Cool. Well, just so you guys know, we do everything here family style. So you'll see plates coming out. Everything's meant to serve like two to six people. My suggestion would be like an appetizer, maybe an entree, a pasta, salad. I'm already screwing it up. I'm fired. Um, so the, anyway, that's, I feel like... Here's the thing. This uh, whole uh, that speech, was natural. Thank you. That was really natural. Uh, I really can I can I start over? Can I start again? Um, Do you need to go last? No, I I want to keep going, but it takes so long. Um, well, okay, let's not hear the whole thing. I want an abridged version. I think we got a nice yeah, taste. Yeah, I mean, that felt I felt good it. to me. I I would say I've been here before, and I love the meatballs. And I would say something like, "Oh my god, right? They're so good. We make them in house, fresh every day." Can I super suggest if you haven't had it before having our bruschetta to go See, along with it? See, you're great. I already am. a already a twenty percent at least tip. I gotta say it. I was always top sales at that place. I always winning contests. <laughs> so follow up before I move to Joss. Uh, do you think you were a good server? Yes, I think I was like the best server. <laughs> I can see that, I and it. I agree. I took pride in it. You know, I feel like. You you go in and you just you just try and do your your best. You just try and do your goddamn best, and then you can't. It's 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 chaos, right? Waiting tables is chaos, mm -hmm. and you get thrown and tossed into a situation with personalities and people you don't know, and you don't know how they're gonna react. And you just try and do your best. You try yeah. and survive best. the night. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andrea had the steely constitution it takes to be a good server. Um, Joss, uh, what was your spiel? Where did you work? Girl, I've been around. Um, I can't remember the certain spiel, but in one place I worked, Kinsey Chop House in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it's one of these old school steakhouses. We had a meat cart that I had to roll 
up to each table and hold up each cut of meat and be like, this is our bone and filet. It actually, the bone, the marrow melts into the filet, providing it flavor while it's one of the lowest cuts of fat of all these steaks or something like that. It was really stupid. Don't touch. (laughs) Hands off the meat. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm the only one allowed to handle the meat. (laughs) But no, I had to roll this meat cart, this cumbersome meat cart, as if it wasn't already enough. But man, people ate it up. People love that meat cart. It's all about, you know, if people are going to drop 50 bucks on a steak, they want to see their steak. They it's the see same thing with the lobster, you know, the tanks. People like to see their meat. So um, <laughs> I just like this idea that they're like, bring it out in a small vehicle. Oh, it was, pay for it. it's kind like of like the dessert car. tray. It's a dessert tray, but fresh, uncooked meat. Um, but real disgusting. And I think I worked at House of Blues, and I know there was, like, things we had to hit. Um, including the history of House of Blues, but I bartended there, so I didn't really have to do much of that. Um, And as a bartender, which I prefer, and I did most of my serving, I think, well, maybe it was 50-50, but I would just be, my greeting was, hey, what do you want? (laughs) Hey, because I was about efficiency. I'm not like here to sit down and talk about your family. Oh, I am. Let's get your food and your drinks. Let's go. Let's have a time. I'm I'm not invited to this dinner for a reason. You know? I so like that's it. what I got. So, Joss, uh, I would say that you're good, but maybe a little curt, but it's about efficiency. Oh, furious, by the way. Furious, boiling with rage underneath. Uh, I would crack out smiles. They weren't genuine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, I was efficient as hell. Can I will the meat cart back for one moment? Okay, um, pun intended. Just, was there only one meat cart on the floor where there are multiple. No, there was only one meat cart. Did you ever fight over the meat cart? Yes. (laughs) But the thing is, it was a steakhouse, so people would be there for three-plus hours and then order $250 wine that they wouldn't tip on, which is fine. (laughs) It makes me think of, like, planes lining up on the tarmac where, like, your server is is like, all right, currently we're fifth in line for the meat cart, so if everyone would like another cocktail, we'll, uh, we'll be... On our way to the grill There's in no that time. one doucher you work with who's always hogging the goddamn meat cart. <laughs> I also think that's right when I stopped eating meat. I was Wasn't just going to say, <laughs> that is the perfect crossroads of when you became vegetarian for yeah. 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever have to make like a side table Caesar? Like, oh, girl, I mean, Which we I did. feel like is three elements and doesn't need to be performed in front of a table, but I'm always here for it. There's so much performative. I never had to do the guac. There was a place in Chicago <laughs> that would make the guac table side. We did. I've been I there. Did, so I didn't do the Caesar salad, but I worked at this Italian joint in Lincolnshire, Illinois, where we had this giant wheel of Parmesan, and we would put the pasta in it and scrape the sides of this giant Parmesan oh, wheel. I see that. I mean, this is, at this point, like, now I'm a little beefier. I'm an older woman. But at this point, I was, like, maybe 115 pounds. I'm 5'4". Just really going at this huge. The wheel was bigger than half my body. I mean, that also was on a cart. (laughs) But what is with that? Who wants, like, oh, the cheese wheel? (laughs) Like, (laughs) bring the cheese wheel. It sounds like what a king would say in the 13th century. Mm -hmm. Like, give me my cheese wheel. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, no, no Caesar for me, but cheese wheels, <laughs> plenty. Well, I, there, will, there, will definitely be, there will definitely be an episode down the line where we talk, into the, talk about the degrading sort of side table things we had to do because 
my brain's already popping off with oh memories. But we got to move on to Kyle, Kyle yes. June Williams. Um, yeah, give me a little bit of your spiel, your style, um, and let me, let us know either where you're working now or a place that you were working at that you'd like to talk about. Well, I don't really want to talk about the place I'm working now because it's too close to home. Sure, uh, sure. But uh, I did work at a little place called Stand Burger. Uh, outside Union Square, great locale, yeah, uh, for every tourist known to man. Uh, and we were like a upscale burger joint, <laughs> as we like to call it. And if I can remember correctly, my spiel was, hey, guys, what can I get you today? Just so you know, we're known for our burgers. Any way you like them, just make sure it's on the menu. Get it? <laughs> By the way, if you'd like a side salad, that's going to be on the back of your menu. And don't forget to ma uh, make sure you get a milkshake. We're known for our toasted marshmallow milkshake, which you might have seen on the Food Network. Also, for you adults at the table, there's some liquor in some of them. Make sure they're not for the kids, though. <laughs> I'm Kyle. I'm kind of a chatty Kathy. I'm going to be here a lot. But I'll be guiding you through your entire meal, which is one course. <laughs> <laughs> you need me. You'll find me in a server station popping pills. Yeah, no, if you need me, you'll find me in a server station hitting on one of my managers. <clears throat> Kyle, ugh, I yeah. love it, I love it. And uh, at this point in your career, what kind of server, I mean, did you think you were good at your job? Oh, I'm I'm intensely good at my job. I, love I would say that I uh, took immense pride and showed up even when I was so drunk that I was hiccuping at tables. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That'll do it. You know, it, it is really funny to think, too, that, like, um, you know, because we did this for, like, large portions of our life. I, I added it up. It was It's somewhere between 13 and 15 if we're going to go ahead and allow coffee shops as a technicality for me. But definitely 12 yeah. to 13 uh, serving actual tables. It's like you start at age 19, and I got out around my last shift. I was, I think, 30... Three, so maybe it's 15, something crazy like that's that. That's how old I am, and that's what I'm holding on to right now. Exactly. You're almost out. You got to get out. Got to get out by the you Jesus age. <laughs> yes, I know. But, um, but it's like, <laughs> I felt like, and, and we'll, we'll move on to the theme of the show in just a minute, but it's like my professionalism toward the job obviously grew as I grew and decided to give some semblance of a shit about my life, my appearance, what I was trying to do. I mean... It's just, it's an amazing, I don't know. You know, I think obviously we're all here because we love talking about it. We have, a, you know, some uh, level of fondness for the job itself. But there's also that, like, really amazing um, hatred and fury that you can tap into from all those years of being, you know, pushed around. Uh, and then also having, you know, you have your years when you're like, I'm good at this. I'm in charge. I'm doing this because I want to dictate my schedule. And then you'd have the years when you're like, I'm never getting out. I'm a loser. I <laughs> worked three doubles in the snow. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it is really, cause I, I would like, I think the point was sometimes I was a good server and that was when I was being a good person in my life in general. And uh, yeah, I, I had my I had my my times when I had managers at cushy jobs just be like, um, "Hey, um, you don't deserve the the nice shift on Saturday anymore, Brooke. We're bumping you over to Tuesday." <laughs> and having real uh, emotional, um, you know, check-ins where I'm like, "Wow, I just got like this is all I do." 
and I just got bumped down to Tuesday because I'm not putting my heart and soul into a Saturday night sort of oh, thing. And I was Tuesday's like, Tuesday's a shitty money shift. It was bad. Yeah. So, you know, toward the very end, I really tried to learn and be good and have more pride. But I think I just worked at so many shitholes that, like, my spiel was like, you want one or two Coney dogs? Soupy <laughs> or spicy? Detroit or Flint style? Scoopy? Uh, soupy or spicy? Soupy. Soupy or spicy. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, the visual on that Italian one. Italian beefs. <laughs> Did you serve Italian beefs? No, I just oh, ate a lot of them. Got yeah. it. Um, okay. <laughs> well, okay. I just wanted uh, you, the listeners, to have a little background that where we're coming from, uh, our experience, which we're going to just continue to go into and into and into. We're going to cultivate and sculpt uh, all of our memories. But it is uh, technically the holiday season, which is upon us. So, um, you know, everyone's out there shopping, being an asshole consumer, and this can usually, for servers, uh, be a really great time of year to make money, but customers are off the rails, usually. They're stressed out parents, hungry kids, uh, drunk mall Santas, you name it. It's a really crazy time. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm super excited. Uh, everyone brought some cool prepared stuff for the group. I kind of don't know what everyone's going to talk about. So, Kyle, I'll have you kick it off. So, I normally don't work Christmas because I valiantly try and get that off. But I do work every New Year's. I feel as though that is my holiday to work because, A, I'm single, and, B, you make double money. Mm. Uh, when I cater, it's always double the hourly. Plus, you get tipped because people are drunk at the end of the night. Uh, last year on New Year's, I worked a very uh, large party at an enormous house. And when we were setting up, I was paying attention to uh, the bartender I was working with, who was a very attractive young man, telling me about uh, his commercial audition that day. And I leaned my hair into a candle. <laughs> <coughs> and it ignited, uh, burned all the way up into my scalp. No! <gasps> uh, he smacked me to put it out. Uh, I screamed. <laughs> and uh, the owners ran in and said, what's happening? And I fled to the bathroom in time. They walked out, they came back in, and all the guests kept remarking how their house smelt like burnt flesh. <laughs> and I just said, oh, well, they have cheap candles. <laughs> uh, I wore a hat. I had a beanie, thank God, in my car, which I don't know how they even let me wear it. But no one's going to go around and ask, did you burn your hair? Did you burn your hair? Um... And then I did, and I didn't take it off until I left the party at the end of the night, and I got in the car, and it was the front of my hair, so it was all the way up, and I had a little bald spot. Oh! So all I'd like to say is the money wasn't worth it. The money wasn't worth it. No. Shit, girl. Um, and this was this was in L.A. I take it. This was in L.A. This was at an enormous house in Hancock Park. Okay. Uh, they were also very like eclectic people, so. Uh, there were no like they had all different plates and and napkins and and cups so nobody knew where to put anything and smells mm -hmm. and, smells. and <laughs> smells at the end of the night it was also uh both an, a, a this is where you have to decipher between choosing the parties you work it was children and adults and all the kids kept coming up and being like i want to do shots of milk uh. 
just like my parents. Uh, oh, yeah, like you get one parent that starts that. Like, you know, could you just pour him a shot of milk? And yeah. then everybody, it just like spreads like fancy, wildfire. Before you know it, you're like We're having so to run fancy, to the store to can, get more milk. You know, pay off alcoholism later on in life, so get him started early. I had a manager who would pour Sprite for his kids and put like a hint of blue curacao at the bar and for his kids like into it just to make them drop. sleep because that's okay. to make it blue I oh, guess okay. but I was like I'm like totally illegal <laughs> so would you say like because for me I, ne I never I was more like lucky with my job I got to terrorize uh Christmas parties but I never really worked a ton of catering or special events I feel like that's a lot of what your job consists of especially around the holidays yeah it's a lot of um uh things that you have to wear uh, which is, it's just, it, it's, it's like, um, you know, there's the normal catering outfit, which is a, can you describe that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a black button down with a black tie, black pants and black non-slip shoes, uh, which you can only get where pay less, pay less. Yeah. Um, and you, you want to hold so tight to your own, uh, like originality that you want to fight off one thing so you don't wear socks or you wear different pants than you're supposed to. I mean, that's what I would always do to sort of like cheat the system in a weird way. But a lot of holiday parties, you would walk in and they'd be like, wear, wear this funny, um, like one time I had to wear uh, antlers. No. Um, another time I had to, I had to, um, oh, what, what was it? It was, it was like a, Oh, it was it was an ugly Christmas party, so they gave me a sweater to wear. Mm. Um, one time I worked at a really one time I worked at Stella McCartney around the holidays. It was uh, for a, and a she wine just class. kept saying simply <laughs> a wonderful Christmas over time. and over <laughs> and over. An expensive episode. Oh well, and I showed up, and they were just like, "Oh my God, you're so cute! I like you should wear something different." In a way, and like gave me a dress to Whoa. wear, which was it was really amazing to wear. Did you get uh, to keep it? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I was pouring wine the whole night, and all I kept thinking was, "I'm gonna pour wine on this $800 dress." Not your problem. Oh, please, and that's I'm a rag to them. them. Oh, I know. It's a vegan rag, at least. Can I ask, <laughs> what color was the beanie that you wore at that Christmas party that you had to cover up your your burn bald spot? I think it was like brown. Oh, it's like, was there a moment in the bathroom? I just had this like montage in my moment where you're like, do I put a bow on it? Do I put a flower? On it? She's like, what she's like, she's like, Elliot Smith, it is yeah. a little brown fisherman hat. Well, I literally put my face under the sink because I was, I, I had no idea the damage that was done. This is also the third time this has happened to me, by the way. I Girl, have, I have long crazy highly flammable highly flammable hair i don't put anything in it to make it ignite quicker but for some reason <laughs> sounds like you don't need to girl yeah that burn to the scalp so long that it's like if you like if you just lean in the right like it, it just it happens and it's not a cute party trick i wish you guys could see her face because Kyle's face right now is so somber it's like so she's, somber she's really living this right now i mean it was just like it, it, you know, it happened, and Another I had to, party. I had to handle it. Good Another news. hair catastrophe. Her hair looks great. Yeah. Except, I mean, I'm looking at her now. I'm like, it's not a head of hair. It's just like a head full of wicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's red for a reason, baby. <laughs> oh, I see your hair boy. like sizzle, like a like a bomb string. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> um. 
No, I was just trying to find like some crazy restaurant stuff. Um, and what I found is that they made the world's largest scrambled eggs yesterday. No. Okay. Last week or something. Okay. Um, in a country I've never heard of. Say it. Um, Maritius? Maritius? No. Nope. I'm butchering it. I don't know where that is. It's just very casually. They don't mention where it is. A team of more than 20 chefs came together in Maritius to cook up a 5,436-pound 9.58-ounce serving of scrambled eggs, certified as the world's largest. This is what we're doing with their time. And resources. And resources. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck the hungry people. We got records to break, baby. Uh, 35,000 eggs, 950 pounds of butter, 65 gallons of milk, 22 pounds of salt, and nearly five pounds of pepper. But, yeah, this is uh, – <laughs> then they said they donated. So this is the worst part. They made – all of these eggs, and then they donated them. Like, is there anything worse than cold, cold scrambled eggs. eggs? They probably haven't done been done properly. I mean, if they had all that butter, I this is like rivaling the biggest cow in Australia, like for size. Did you guys see this cow that's like six and a half feet tall and weighs like five thousand pounds? You guys haven't heard about this? Stitches. I saw it. See, I saw it because I was researching. His um, name is Stitches. I think his name's Stitches. Knickers, sorry, Knickers. Knickers, Knickers it's a huge ass cow, but it looks like a children's book. Just like if you guys can see this picture of the scrambled it eggs, looks fake. they're making a scrambled egg in this giant vat. It's like twenty chefs with paddles <gasps> to cook these scrambled eggs. Them. I know it's so dumb. It's like they've fashioned like twenty flat tops together. Are but, they known for it? But I don't know because I don't think this is a real country. I feel like it's aliens. I feel like they're <laughs> like, let's see if the dumb people on Earth read this, which here I am <laughs> reading it to you all. How do you spell the country? M a u r i t i u s. Sounds Greek. See, this is the next step. If I was it a is. true researcher, Maritime, uh, one of the um, Greek islands, I would have looked this up. It's an island Mauritius? in the middle of wait a second, Mauritius, uh, the Indian Ocean, off sure. of Madagascar. Mauritius. So it's like near the Seychelles, right? So they don't have is any resources, and these homeboys are cooking up giant scrambled eggs for fun. Like, yeah, come on now, guys. This is a trick story. This is, <laughs> this is a trick story. This is like. Hey, their world's burning. Do you want to hear about some scrambled eggs? <laughs> also, who needs this record? This is so stupid. Uh, I'm sorry you know I brought this here today. There's not you know, much else to do in the middle of the Indian Ocean, I think. Joss, they're literally trying to put themselves on the map. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. you really can't fucking find them. Also, I love that Kyle's like, you mean Mauritius, the island? That's it. Like, no, Mauritius. Okay. <laughs> Mauritius. Quit coming at me with that Mauritius what are you, attitude. Geography 101 over here. Ooh, Who knows in the, that island? Who's in the mood for some Mauritius eggs? I love <laughs> eggs. It's so very Mauritius with but hot sauce. But in other other rat related food news, um, <laughs> there's a burger joint in Hawaii where two teenager employees grilled a rat and put it on Snapchat, and the whole restaurant like shut down. And now they're issuing all these apologies. And I gotta tell you what. This is why you don't hire teenagers yeah. to do anything. <laughs> they are such assholes. You know, it's like cats. Like, I know kittens are cute. Oh, my God, kittens are cute. But then they grow up to be cats, and then they're showing you their butthole all day. Right. Right. This is what happens. You have a baby. You're like, oh, my God, this thing is so cute. And then it grows up. It gets a job and grills a rat. 
and becomes world news because your kid's that big of an asshole. I got to tell you what, I hate teenagers so much. This is, I mean, come on and think I about these people. They've had this company for decades. Yep. They make one wrong hire, and now the reputation of their company is like probably feeding their family, keeping their house mortgage payments afloat is now destroyed because some asshole is like, <laughs> yeah, let's let's kill this rat and grill it. I'm like, I'm actually like almost, I'm 99.9% sure that there was a Beavis and Butthead episode that like that exact thing happens. Oh. Where they find a dead animal and they like put it in the deep fryer in the shitty I fast food restaurant that they work at. We call that so hardcore and I do think I thought it was very funny. So funny. <laughs> very, very funny. But not when it's real. No. Good Lord. I mean, is it did, did so they found a rat in the restaurant, or they just brought it outside? Because it's bad news to bring in outside food. That's a health code violation. Um, if it was in the restaurant, it's <laughs> well within the food hygiene uh, clause. Um, okay, so I'm gonna tell you that answer in a second. But earlier this year, there was another restaurant in Florida oh. after a video <laughs> that closed after a video showed one of its cooks killing a rat with a hatchet in the kitchen. I think I work there. <laughs> in another video, a different still-living rat could be seen on wire shelving in the kitchen, which if you've worked in New York City, you've seen a rat in a kitchen. That is very common. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just, like, endearing. <laughs> is it? It's like the house rat. Here's the you thing know? about Florida. I mean, like, would you rather see a rat or a Nutria? <laughs> like, being murdered. No, no, Nutrias are in the Nutrias. New Orleans. New Orleans. I thought they were also in Florida. I thought it was a whole... New Orleans. It's been a week of Nutria talk. Yeah, Google <laughs> Nutria Wait, oh, also something. and Havelina and have yourself a, a nice little interject, nightmare. But I found pronunciation is brought to you by pronouncenames.com. Oh, God, she's putting her sponsored content in already. Ready? Mauritius. Wait, Mauritius. say it again. Mauritius? Mauritius. By the way, never doubted you for one second. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been you about the proving this point. Was very, very clear about me not knowing how to pronounce it. You won. Um, <laughs> also, I'll, I'll I love that a man. Pronoun- can you change it to a female pronouncing it? Sure. So it doesn't Mauritius. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and Good. Now I don't feel threatened. I can't do any um, accents. But yeah, so um, I don't know if they have rats on Mauritius, but if they do, hopefully they're not grilling them. Um, or, or making like the, the biggest like rat pancake. But like, we got to outdo that egg dish. If that was you've a ever great joke, like, Brooke. Um, <laughs> I throw them on the scramble. I like the Mauritius joke much better. Thank you. Yeah, All I right. mean, let's face it. The only rats I want are like Muppet rats ice skating with butter pads and <laughs> making <laughs> I was thinking about the butter okay. rat tattooey. <laughs> rat tattooey. I was doing Rizzo. Rizzo the rat. That's it. Rizzo. Ugh. Rizzo. And then Templeton. Oh, yeah. Templeton's, yeah. All, Templeton's like a he, rat. He was a rat. I mean, he, like, <laughs> he liked his trough full of slop. Yeah, he was you know. like. Rats go. Templeton's like super rat. He's like, he's like, <laughs> when the lights go down, I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to sing it that way so then we don't get sued for the real Charlotte's web song. Okay, guys, and after the podcast, we're definitely going to, um, you know, post some really great social media stuff, and uh, we will let you know our top five rats. 
top five rats. Uh, we'll have a countdown. Top ten rats Guy, of 2018. Guy Fieri's going to be on there. Am I right? <laughs> he looks like a nutria. Yeah, he does. If wow. you don't know what a nutria is, look it up. It's a uh, it's like a wombat and a and a, a rat that's been um, exploded and and it has British people teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right <laughs> British person. I have teeth. a uh, I have a nutria bullet at home. I make my smoothie with it every morning. Hey, uh. <laughs> Oh, this is great. Okay, so the top 10 rats list is absolutely dropping once we start an Instagram handle and a Twitter. Let me make a note. Oh, moving on. Okay, so um, hopefully, so Kyle talked about, you know, all the crazy events, catering, parties, etc. And uh, Andrea, I asked for you to, uh, you know, kind of dig into the dreaded topic of the holidays for most servers. Yeah, sure. I think having to work holidays is probably number one. And not only... First of all, like when I was doing a little research on this, like there are several sources that popped up on the web that basically say that waiting tables is one of the most stressful jobs you can ever have in your entire life. Um, you're multitasking, you're dealing with different personalities. So like sprinkle in the holidays on top of that, yeah. right? So like, and your personal life and you having to get back to your own family and do your own thing. So, you know, it was always like such a shit show trying to get your ships covered to go home for the holidays, right? Nightmare. Like crazy. M my personal understanding was like you work two out of three holidays. Like that was me. I would always work Thanksgiving, always New Year's, but Christmas I had to have off. And if you happen to have, if you're lucky enough to have a set schedule, first of all, that's like, or you work at a place where like you never know your schedule until two weeks out, which is insane to I me, first that, yeah. of all, that that still exists in the world. It's like a your own prison. Yeah. It's part of the culture. It's like what I was like saying earlier. Like There's so much revolving Unknown. employment. You that never know like, what day your ship's going to yeah. land. I think that's a nightmare situation. Um, so if you happen to land on a day, even with a set schedule, where like, oh, I happen to work on Christmas Eve this year, Christmas Day, and you work at a shitty restaurant that decides to be open, like, what do you do? How do you do it? Like, you see, you know, did everybody work where, like, you had to, like, fill out a form to get your shifts off? And oh. hope, hopefully, God, you were first in line because you had to date it and get a manager to sign that shit, remember? Oh, yeah. And then you're not guaranteed that shift off. Well, I remember, yeah, there were def different iterations where there was, like, the time off book, which was just, like, a crusty binder, you know, and you'd, you'd try and put... Did they publish that book eventually? <laughs> that Seriously. you had to fight a rat to get to. Exactly, you had to fight a rat to get to the book. <laughs> he journey. was the bookkeeper. Here's the map to get to the time off book. Oh, and you get down to the cellar, and it's a little rat smoking a cigar, <laughs> and he's doing bookkeeping. Password, please. He's like the godfather. He's like, what are you going to do for me? He's the silent partner of the restaurant. So many rat bites trying to get time off. You oh, know? Shredder's a great rat. I'm adding him to the list. Um, yeah. but he works the now they have this. Station. Now they have apps, which is the passive-aggressive way to, to get your apps to get for time off. Yep. Like, you can't just fucking email somebody? No, it's called Hot Schedules. Oh, no. I know. And uh, you have to either blast out an email or release a shift, and that released shift has to be approved by a manager. And if somebody picks it up, that also has to be approved by a manager. So let's say that there's, like, a shitty server who picks up your Saturday night. The manager can say, no, she's not – she's too shitty to work your Saturday night. You still what? have to work it. Okay, here's a question, like, about that 
insane invention <laughs> you just mentioned when it could just be like, hi, uh, manager, I'm talking to you face to face right now. And I've gotten Kyle here to cover my shift because I'm going to be gone for the holidays. We're right here right now. Can you please approve this? Talk to the app. I hold up Talk the phone to the rat. and I sashay away. <laughs> So, so, can I, okay, manager so voices. This, what, hot? What's it called? Talk to hot, hot schedules. Dude. Well, fired. Let's, um, I don't like this like at e- all. Even the name tell. is like, a, is, is demeaning in some way. It's like, mm, it's like hot schedules. It just makes it like such a personal job you have where it's a personal experience you're giving someone, right? Like, especially when you're going out for the holidays, you have to work the holidays. Somebody, people, and the way restaurants are today, it is like a personal experience. You pay so much fucking money to go have a beautiful meal, and it's just like there's just so much garbage attached to it. Like, okay, so in said app, um, if it is a holiday and you try and request it off, does like a red light flash and be like, must be approved separately. I bet it's, is it like hot or not? Then it's like, upload a picture. And then if it's not a good, it's not a good hair day, it's like, and then you don't get to go home for Christmas. Oh my God. And Which if you are hot enough, you're lucky enough to maybe mess around with the manager in the background. And here we go, reel it back. God forbid you've bought your plane ticket home already. Uh, right. And then you're just like crossing your fingers. And you know, nine times out of 10, or for me, 10 out of 10, I always ended up getting the time off. There was never one time that they were like, sorry, you can't go home. Otherwise, I know people that that did happen to, and they were like, I'm out. And they like, they were like, threw down their, they untied their waitress apron and cast it down. And they were like, bye. Which can we all, and I know we've all seen or witnessed someone like being like, fuck you. And like walking out and it's, so, you live so vicariously through that person in the moment. <laughs> it, it's erotic. So, as you can tell, yes, Jaws, I'm a little fired up because the stress of the holidays is just too much for me to handle sometimes. And I Andrea, just want to be you're home not in a restaurant right now. Also, I have to. I have to go to one in like three hours. I'm so. in the weeds, you guys. I'm in the weeds right now. You are emotionally. Uh, I, I'm also on the weeds. Hey-o. Do you have to? Do you ever have to like? Have you ever had to barter with people to get shifts covered? Yeah, for the of course. Holidays? Yes. Oh, one hundred percent. Where you're like, cool. Well, you kind of you have to go above like the head of management and start talking to people and barter. Oh, you start offering offering that cash, baby. Yeah. Hey, man, I know it's a bad shift. I'll give you fifty bucks if you yeah. just take and it. take the money. Like, just God help me. I know it's such a it's such a like sad thing that I gotta people... get home to my wife and kids. <laughs> Well, I, I remember, too, like, there's a couple of different places where, you know, it wasn't even official. Someone, usually the little suck-up, shitty, like, head waitress who was definitely, like, banging the owner, the manager. She's like, I make the schedule. And it's, like, hand-drawn shit with her dumb handwriting and highlighters and whatever. And she'd, like, post it. She'd be like, all right, I'm posting, like, you know, almost, uh, like, on the wall. I'm posting the upcoming to be, like, six months in advance. I'm posting this the calendar. So get your days off. And it was just whoever could get there fastest with a pen. Yes. And she had already blocked off, you know, be like, Julie, off on Thanksgiving, Who's Christmas, yeah. and New and then Year's her best, Eve. Whoever her best be like is. the Hunger Games, just a bunch of waiters stabbing each other in the necks with pens. 
I just remember her being like, it's posted. And then everything was already requested off with the amount of people who could actually take it off. And you were like, what the fuck, Julie? You know, it's just, it was not a great system. I mean, I I do think that when you are, and hopefully everybody has worked with enough cool people uh, fellow servers that when management is being like uh, the worst, like you guys band together and figure it out. Like you go survivor style. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get crazy with it. And I think people, you know, who like, if you're, if you're listening and you've never waited a table in your life and you think this is interesting, I mean, this is part of the nature of the job service industry. You don't have, um, a salary job where you have freedom (laughs) and guaranteed vacation. And so you have freedom, but you don't have freedom. Exactly. It's like, we are here. We're going to be the person serving you on Thanksgiving night. Controlled chaos. Exactly. Controlled chaos. But after you've had enough of your obnoxious family and you're like, I'm going to the bar, you know, then that's when you see Andrea and she's that person who's, you know, going to make you feel better and give you, give you your good night juice. But, uh, (laughs) it is one of those, it's one of those crazy things where it's like, you have to contend with missing. I have missed so many, holidays special family events over the summer because like it's all money making times for restaurants and it Mm -hmm. it, that is the one part that becomes like a real rub of the job is that sad no anything else i think we nobody spoke because you made such a good point thank you and i was also like what other rats are out there (laughs) ratso rizzo oh that was like the first one we said did shredder eat pizza as well I felt like he was probably vegan. Yeah, he was like a ninja and Mm -hmm. stuff. So he was probably like, and whatnot. Yeah. Anyways, but I I mean, it was just, it's like working holidays. Isn't it funny that like the lead up to it is so dramatic? You're having such a shit fit the whole time. And you're like, damn it, I'm working Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes. It can be like a lovely little shift. It's not all the time, but when you, yeah, you know, I mean, like when I resigned myself to being stuck in Brooklyn one year and it was like, I'm going to make money because we, because the thing is like, okay, this is really sad, but like we would serve dinner to kind of like lonely, like lonely old guys who would come in because they didn't have family and like you would kind of be their family that night. And I know you were saying that, you know, when they're expecting you to pity them, that's messed up. But when you're more in the place of being a caregiver, you're just sort of like, good night, sweet prince. You know, I, I hope you that. wake up to your little presents in the morning. You know, and they're like, they're not. He's alone and he lives in a weird one bedroom. But anyways, um, <laughs> he's very alone. But sometimes it could be magical if you were in one of those like uh, sort of indie film states of mind. I the- believe in the magic of the season. Sometimes someone walks in and it's just 30 to 40 rats wearing a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> and they're hungry. And working together and to, don't have any to money. sloppily sip on one martini, <laughs> which they're actually just spilling. It's just sloshing everywhere. <laughs> so many rats working in sync together to lift that martini glass. <laughs> and then when, when they, just, they like refuse to leave, they all scatter and head right into the kitchen. <laughs> You're like, what are we we're in! Just like an empty trench coat. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I like I like that. I like all the I like all the characters who show up on Christmas night when you're raining tables. I think there's also just a just old grizzled Santa got off his shift and he walks in, he's like, oh, been around the world tonight. <laughs> I'd like a stiff cup of nog. <laughs> I love that. Like, I know. That's our little segue. <laughs> Just uh, before we wrap up the show, um, this has nothing to do with anything, but uh, Kyle is actually a floor sommelier. 
mm-hmm. at uh, her job, which is she's the she's the lady who knows the fancy wine things. Um, but little known fact, uh, now that I've been living with Kyle, uh, she just loves to sip a glass or six of straight nog. <sighs> so it once November first comes, <laughs> I go straight to my grocery store. You straight noggin, and I choose my nog. <laughs> Again, and what I like to do serious. is over two months, I like to compare and contrast different nogs. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, now living in California, there's almond nog, there's oat milk nog. Silk nog. Silk nog. you got a real palate for nog. nog I do. Nog who's there? It's Kyle. <laughs> it's Kyle <laughs> with, a, with a frothy cup of mog. Oh, it's nog. so good. And I... I Stomach coating cup of nog. Mm. And contrary to what most people think nog is actually for, I don't add alcohol. <sighs> this is where it kills Way me. Way to use your noggin. Hey. We don't in our family either. I told I told Brooke that. Both of my brothers love nog, especially my older brother Joel. Chugs it. Is he single? No. Damn it. They're I feel like that would be married. the if that is the thing that unites me <laughs> is just another nog lover. There should be a nog meetup. So we can find you a man. I mean, I feel like instead of the Santa run, we should just have like. More like the Santa runs with all that nog. Am I right? You got, well, I just, my stomach. Oh, I have an iron cask for nog. Wonderful. I'm very excited. I I really think, you know, uh, well, we considered Kyle a bit of a noggelier. Yeah. (laughs) So she, you know, she's like, oh, what, what month nog is this? You know, it doesn't have a great shelf life. Yeah. And Um, I have, I have nog glassware. Because it can't be too big of a nog, you, you know what I mean. You need you need uh, almost like, like a sherry a glass. Type, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It is a bit of a digestive. It's like um, imagine uh, a tiramisu just melted down. Mm-hmm. That's basically like <laughs> uncooked <laughs> custard, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uncooked happiness. It's so good. Uncooked happiness. That is the name of uh, Kyle's new book uh, about. Being a nog lover, I will yeah, definitely. I, I'll, 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 I'll get a little noggy with you later for sure. Oh, I do like that Brooke and I are like. So when do you put the booze in? Like, I know. I'm like, it's like the uh, only way we can stomach it. I, like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I drink I, it like like cream and coffee, where I pour just a giant glass of bourbon and then I go bloop with like the nog, and I'm like, this is delicious. Oh no, and sometimes a little nutmeg or a little cinnamon on sure. top. I'm open to the experience. Just set it up, and we'll knock them back. We'll nog them back. Aye. Okay. Um, we're gonna. There might. Yeah. We're going to talk more nog. But, um, well, we, uh, we're we almost done with our part of the show, but we're so excited that every episode we hope to bring you a hilarious, awesome guest um, who has done their time in the service industry, maybe are still doing it, and has, you know, a lot of mind-blowing info to share with us. So let's welcome, please, uh, our very first guest for Side Work, the amazing, hilarious... <laughs> Soon to be superstar actor, and more <laughs> importantly, uh, former waiter, which we probably all know him as that, Matt Bronger. Yeah, everybody. I'm known as a waiter. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, Matt, you and I kind of talked a little bit about it, but like, let's just do an, a basic intro and rundown. Like, how that many years? Great. How many years were you in the service? <sighs> uh, officially, probably eight years. Yeah. In and out of the service industry. And where where did you wait tables? Uh, the, the meat of it was uh, Rock Bottom Brewery in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doesn't get any lower than that. You know what? I will say the reason I stayed for two – like I, I had friends who jumped from restaurant to restaurant to bar to bar in Chicago. And they are like, why do you stay there? And I was like, well, A, I get health benefits. And that would shut them up right away. 
They're like, what? I've never had. And I'm just like, yeah. If I get in a car accident, my parents won't go bankrupt. So enjoy your Always hip new great. spot. That was like before um, you could be on your parents' insurance until you were like 28, right? Um, yeah, I just didn't want to be, you know? <laughs> You know, but but it also I will say though they hired people that were are still friends of mine to this day. Like it was, as much as it was full on Applebee's that made their own beer. Like definitely they, that is a chain based out of uh, out of Colorado. Uh, that it was like, it's it's corny as, as fuck, and we all wore like you know jean shirts that said Rock Bottom Brewery on them and stuff. It they hired really great people, and it was like uh, my my girlfriend of two or three years I, I met there when I was in Chicago, my Chicago girlfriend I met there and like all these friends I still have to this day. So yeah, full on, it was like, uh, like corny and the bottom of the bottom, but it was like, it was some of the best years of my life without a doubt, you know? So to give everybody idea, like mm-hmm. where in Chicago was this rock bottom? What would be called North Loop. So, uh, just outside of downtown area on the North side of town. Um, and, uh, right where it, uh, it like, not close enough to Michigan Avenue where you'd get a ton of shoppers, but you would get some, and you get a ton of people that uh, were getting off work and, and were having beers. Uh, fun fact, we had all the people from Enron would come in before, before the bust, and they were the biggest gang of, of just douchebags and a-holes and just I'm better than you. Uh, we're making. I mean, we're you know I'm an adult. I'm full on like we're and they would look at us like, how old are you? You do this? Give me another Cosmo. Really? I love. But it. you're I, like you're like not an ugly guy. Like why do you work here? You know like that kind of and you're like, you know like it's one of those things where I, I have dreams and I'm, I don't have a uh, 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 thing in my mind that says if I'm at uh, what I call an adult job, I'm done. It's like your dream is not to work at Enron and then the crash happened. And they were all coming in, like, with their resumes. Wow. Like, wanting to work there. And it was like, it's not even, there was no schadenfreude. It was, I did not, I didn't necessarily feel bad for them, but I wasn't like, yeah, look at you now. But it was just like, yeah, that's what happens when you trust a company with your life. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be fine. Enron likes me. Oh, no, I've been stabbed by Enron, you know? Oh, my God. Where we put ourselves specifically, like, on a timeline, me, like, looking at, like... I also envision, like, whenever those douchers walk, would walk in, like, Sweet Caroline just starts, like, playing on repeat, oh, yes. like, oh, over yeah. the speakers. Yeah, and, and I was always either bartending on the roof, uh, the, the beer garden, or waiting tables in the main dining room area, sometimes in the raised area of the bar, but it was still kind of, like... Uh, this is back when you could still smoke, and so they could, you know, you smoke in the bar. But like, I wasn't a cocktail server, and I feel like the cocktail servers and the bar bartenders saw the worst of the worst of the worst. They saw the people that were like just getting a little too drunk. Like, like I feel, I feel bad for, I feel like bad for bartenders. Anytime I'm on the road now as a comic, and I see like, oh, there's a TJI Friday right off the turnpike. Oh, they've seen some horrible behavior. <laughs> Um, please, if you will, uh, what kind of food, what kind of cuisine did they serve? At <laughs> it was, it was just kind of random, typical American stuff, uh, that you would, you know, they had, they had the cheese, it, it would be like, there's a cheeseburger and there's ribs and there's a steak. There's like one or two steaks, uh, and then various kind of, uh, sandwiches and, and, and salads. Nothing that was too, gr- too good. Nothing like I'd ever be like, oh boy, I miss it. But it also wasn't awful, awful. You know. Can you recommend an app? An app would be a good app. Um, I remember. I remember the thing that like they would 
they would fuck up, and then we would just eat in the back all the time. Was a thing called Titan toothpicks, which was uh, <laughs> they were like long. They were it was like a like a um what's like a, a deep fried rolled taco. Oh, that, like a taquito. Like a taquito, but like a the longest one in the world, like two of them, <laughs> and you would just tear off pieces and like dip it in various sauces. Wow. So, and there was chicken and, and like cheese in the middle. Wow. Know? This was like when like Southwest food was still kind of like like brand new and fun. Right, and, and also just just. Uh, uh, butchered for bar food, you know, full on. It's like it's Southwest, you know, like <laughs> like. And my favorite part of it is like this is 2001, so this is like pre like gastropub food. This is yeah. all just very mm-hmm. like high elevated, like basic, like sure. I love it. This mm-hmm. is great. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure the salad there, dressings were great. There was you know, well, the pretty like everything was really basic, and but I remember they had this thing called uh, God damn it, what was it called? Oh God. Oh yeah, uh, onion slivers, and it was, it was, it was a shredded. It was probably like, roughly a thousand onions shredded, uh, and then deep fried, and then it was in a pile, and there was like ranch for dipping on the side, and like barbecue sauce, and it was just like just a heart attack on a plate and people would get it and they didn't realize how big it was it was like a like haystack rock if you've seen goonies uh the giant and 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 you would just take off you know chunks of it and dip it and they'd eat it and you'd like what do you use the word chunk it it would yeah there you go pun and it would it would just like harden as the night went on and be on their table and i remember that that was the thing that like no matter how hungry you were, if like someone sent it back and it was back there or in the employer, no one would eat it. Just like, oh, no. really? Nobody liked it that oh, much? Because it was just, it, it, it's just, I like onion rings, but onion slivers. Right. You have a hard day at work and you get home and you find yourself picking onion slivers out of your fingertips, yeah, probably. It's, 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 it's just, a... I remember looking back on it and just being like, oh, gross. <laughs> so, so gross. Um, I I have a friend who worked probably at Rock Bottom like much longer after you did. Okay. Um, and was part of a theater company in Chicago, and every year they would do raffles, and they would always raffle off a keg of beer mm-hmm. from Rock Bottom. But not only that, he would bring um two giant bags full of like their soft pretzels with their like cheesy spinach. Yeah. Dip. Mm-hmm. Was that a thing? Those there? are good. Yeah, that was like a solid like oh soft pretzel with cheese with like. Cheese dip. That's nice. It's pretty pretty hard to screw up. So like, <laughs> that was decent. And so, I remember when we when we would, I, it was a bad idea whenever we'd get a keg for like someone's party because it's like craft beer. Everything's over six percent. Like right. it's really strong. It's like a couple red cups and you're done. And one party we had, it was in Chicago. In Chicago, it was still cold. Whatever time of year it was, probably spring. Probably a frozen spring. And we had the kegs out in the lawn and you go out and we didn't realize that the kegs had kind of frozen. And so we were not just drinking beer. We were drinking ice beer where you freeze it. And yeah. it's just what you're getting out of the keg is just twice as alcoholic. Everyone got so just shit hammered at that party that I remember people started whipping out like, oh, I have you guys have conga drums and the word like. Pretty, I don't want to say all drum circles suck because I don't want to be that typical guy. Well, when I hear one, I'm always like, no, no, a drum circle, run away. But this was the worst one to this day I've ever heard because everyone's just kind of slapping a drum. They're 80% white. So there's just a not, not a lot of rhythm happening, happening. But just that what that ice, what that ice craft beer did to that party, I'll never forget. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like shivering remembering that day and not just because it was cold. Um, so you've told us like so much, so many great things about working at rock bottom. So like, we're getting to know you, but like 
can you kind of give us your like opening spiel like when you would walk up to a table like how you would greet a table as a server what was your probably the first year i was like hey guys welcome to rock bottom and i then it, by the fifth year i was just like hey guys uh you know what you want to drink yet or you know like it wasn't rude but it was also just like because i you you lose that thing after a couple of years of waiting tables of just hey hey guys what's up so uh listen um there's a lot of desperation in my voice, and if uh, you guys got water, great, great. So uh, you know, but then after a couple of years, you just just you talk to them the way they kind of want to be talked to. I feel like you mentioned gastropubs. A lot of times, those places would just jump way too far. Yep. Where someone comes and sits at your table or turns the chair around like Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. Yeah. Like, guys, let's <laughs> real talk it right now. And it's just like, ah, oh, why did you sit with us? You're getting too comfortable. I, I do appreciate like a funny server for sure or someone that's really real, but sometimes you just get that person that's just I will give you the the, the craziest example. Uh, I will go ahead and shit on them that uh, Oaks uh, deli or whatever right by UCB mm-hmm. you know I'm talking about mm-hmm. great place, really good food. but I'll never go back there again because I went in there and there's a guy with his hat on sideways, which is fine, but he was close to my age, which is not fine. <laughs> And uh, I stood there in front of the register while he's wrestling with the credit card machine, and he's wrestling, and he's wrestling. Fuck. Uh, hey, uh, Barry. And the manager comes over and starts talking to him, and they're both – they see me. I'm enormous. Like, you can't miss me. I'm standing right here holding the menu. I'm ready. I'm ready to order a sandwich to go. And they're ignoring me. They're like they, – the thing is, I don't mind if you're taking a long time. Just be like, hey, just give us a second, sir. I'm really sorry. That's all I need. Just need acknowledgement that I'm not Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. Just acknowledgement that I'm not a ghost standing there. You might have viewers or listeners, sorry, who've never seen that movie and don't get this reference at all. It's, it's too late. It's too late for you folks. <laughs> get with the times. But, uh, and finally, and the guy never looked up. He never looked up, but what he said to me, he goes, give me a sec, bro. Still looking down. And I just turned, yelled, fuck this place at the ceiling and punched both doors open or slapped them both open like a Wild West guy, like both doors and walked out in the parking lot. It's amazing. So, and and a re- I did that at a, it was, it was, it was very childish. Felt great. But I also was just like, you know what? I want that guy to explain why I yelled, fuck this place. Explain why that guy did that. You know, I guess he just had a problem with his lady or something like make up an excuse, whatever. But it was like, I was so mad. So that's the worst example of being too familiar. I've ever come across. <laughs> So this is, we're doing, this is our first episode and we're really focusing on the holidays. Since Congrats. It is. Thank you very much. Um, so since it's our holiday themed episode, do you remember any like specific workplace drama that would happen around the holidays? Like yeah. whether it comes to scheduling mm-hmm. or people fighting with each other? Yeah, for the day off. Oh yeah. Well, uh, St. Patrick's Day was the day that you were, especially in Chicago, you're like, do I make a lot of money and almost get murdered? <laughs> or do I just take the day off and get plot skied myself? That was always the thing. And I remember a bunch of us uh, took the day off, and every Irish bar in Chicago, 80% of which are what my uh, my late friend Pat Bryce would call <laughs> Barley McPublicorns, <laughs> was his term for fake Irish bars. You know, they always like, oh, I've been around since 2015. You know, like, <laughs> that's, who cares? Uh, but, uh, uh, we went to like a Joe's crab shack and got hammered. Cause it's just like, it's all booze. Who cares? And it was empty and we had the run of the place. Um, but working St. Patrick's day was just its own, it, its own, its own circle of hell 
Not the ninth circle. The ninth circle of hell is the cubby bear across the street from Wrigley Field after a Cub game. Uh Uh, Just a sea of red-faced bros this close to barfing on each other and just openly grabbing breasts. Like, the worst, the worst place you could ever imagine. And, um, uh, uh, but, but uh, New Year's Eve was also, what they would always do is a buyout. Because I worked at the, I worked at the one in Chicago when I lived in Chicago, but when I was in college and after Chicago when I lived in Portland for a little while, I would work in the, in the Portland Rock Bottom, which is, uh, right near the waterfront, it's a nice little area downtown and just does not get near as insane. And they, they both would do a buyout where you'd pay 50 bucks, all you can drink all night, but it was a finite number. So it would be packed and there'd be lines to the bar, but you could get around, you could move around. There's no fire code getting um, uh, uh, violated, but I my bar was in the, the dining room they just set me up a bar in there because no one's you can sit in the dining room but it's not like no one's waiting on you you just there's a buffet and there's and there's bars and so people just stayed in line and they, they'd get five drinks and go sit with their friends then get back in line and i remember the line was t- you know i'm like busting my ass to 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 um to serve people and this is when that song uh the <laughs> one of the goo goo dolls magnificent uh hits was out that and i don't the world to see me that song and i remember i was so tired that these people were like were like i want and i got i'm like hold on just let me enjoy this sweet rocking tune and i was like uh like pumping my fist and i turned away and the whole line laughed because it was just they saw how fat and they were like all right fuck you but okay that's funny and it was like i took a break through that song so i'll always appreciate that was that the day you decided to become a comedian uh <laughs> it was maybe a month after uh <laughs> But my my favorite was when they put me on the door. Last thing I'll say about the holidays, but they put me on the door. Uh, kind of a doorman, kind of a bouncer, but more, look, everyone who's inside is inside. So just turn people away. That's your whole job. And uh, so I, if people wanted to go out, I would be like, all right, let me see your wristband. Great. And they would go do drugs in their cars or whatever, and then they could come back in or whatever. But people came up to me with the most horseshit excuses that were like, and it was my whole job. Like, I can't let you in, man. There's nothing. And they're like, all right. And they're like, the two guys, you know, barely 21. Like, look, man, I don't want to say anything, but he's shipping out tomorrow. Really? Where's he going? Afghanistan. I'm like, yeah. You know, we stopped sending people there. And it, I remember I read that in the news about a month ago. They're not deploying for a while. Oh, uh, I meant a rat. Like, just leave. <laughs> Just leave. I don't know how I remembered that fact, but you need to walk away now because <laughs> I busted you so bad saying the worst thing. Um, so this is this is pretty. It's off topic uh, from the holidays, but like, was there ever a crazy like pest in the kitchen story, like a critter or anything you'd ever had to deal with? Oh, not not really they kept they they kept it relatively clean and also in chicago it was just it was just so cold that you know uh i feel like rats would die before they even made it inside <laughs> so there was there wasn't anything that i can think of like that but um i do remember i mean this isn't this is not a pest thing but it it makes me think of hygiene was they would use they would use beer to cook a lot of things, and and this, so they had this. They had a giant plastic container of flat beer that was just in the cooler. And more than a few times, I'd walk in and just 
see like a guy working in the kitchen with the container to his lips, just, just, and he was not a, it was always the same guy and he was older and he was not a, a large man, but it was just like, like not even, you can't even dip a mug in that. Nothing. Not being slick at all. Just counting on the fact that none of us, and none of us were going to tell on him, but it was just like, all right. <laughs> I think there is, there's some rule, like whatever, what happens in the walk-in stays in the walk-in. Kind yeah. of like. oh, well, that, I, that's where I'd go cry. I, I talked about this. Uh, I told this story on my podcast, but I'll, I can tell it in yours. Just a quick version. And, and just FYI, this is nightmare fuel, and it'll ruin your whole day. <laughs> All right. Uh, a friend of mine worked at a, a pizza place. It was like Round Table or Shakey's uh, in Portland, and he went in early one day, uh, and a little, like, not too early, 10 minutes or something. He was in the, the shift where they started rolling out the dough, and he walked into the, the, into the cooler, and there's a guy facing away from him naked, and he had built a mountain of dough that went ar- around the level of his groin, and he was squatting. And uh, my friend could see his flexed butt cheeks as he made love to this this mountain of dough. I guess he'd put a hole in. And yeah, my did. friend, my friend Brandon, is just standing there and realizes the guy can't hear, didn't hear him come in. And he just goes out the cooler and shuts the door and left and never quit and never told them why he left and just went and was like, nope, just like I can't, I don't want to talk about this to anyone. I don't want to tell the boss what happened. I just, I'm just gone. And you'll just, just believe me dead. Believe me dead. Cause. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that he's married to that dough now? Do you think it would. I hope I hope he made he made it that made an honest woman out of that. I know of people who are you know who got together and married like when they were waiting tables or working in the industry together sure. and they've been together ever since. <laughs> Do you think he called her Doreen? Yeah, she's a real <laughs> self starter. <laughs> Doreen's a real self starter. I, I mean, I often think about like the risk level where the guy's like, "I'm just gonna do it." Like, what? Oh, here today's day. I'm not gonna steal a today's bunch and take day. it home. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it right tell. here in the right here in the cooler. I usually take it home. <laughs> yeah, just take some dough home. Like it's probably the. It's. I mean, it's got to be like the the thrill that someone might walk in on you at that. A little point, that's right? the case. Even that's if he admitted to himself or not. Yeah. Oh sure. my god! Uh, what? Well, thank you for sharing that story. I, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. So, do you have, and we have been doing a thing where we like to end the show with like just a really random tip. Maybe it's called some- uh, "Here's a Tip," and it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be waitering. You have to tip to get things. You have to put down money after a drink comes, so they remember you, so you stick out in their mind. That is the only way. We live in a society now where everyone wants everything for free, and uh, that's our own fault. Uh, for you know, getting everything free online, blah blah blah. But you can't expect someone who is, is forced to work, you know, whatever almost full time is, but not all the way full time. So they don't get benefits and they get paid shit per hour and they don't make tips. You can't expect them to give two fucks about you, uh, and you shouldn't. You know, if you're going to like a roadside Arby's and they're angry or whatever, eat it. You know, eat it raw. I don't know what to tell you. But you're someplace where um, you have a capacity, you can tip someone, do it. People are so knocked out. Like, I tip the hotel clerk. I learned this from Heads and Beds. You, you, you shared this tip mm-hmm. with me. When I, go to a, when I go to a fancy hotel, I slip them like a 20, and they're like, do you need change? And I go, nope. And they go, okay. And they put it in their pocket, and they find me a better room. Because someone's going to sleep in that room. Is, is, that room might go unused. And they have the ultimate power. 
kind of thing. You, you'll just get better treatment. But people expect better treatment without paying money, and it's there's, there's just no way. Like even places where they all pool tips, I'm against it because people aren't going to hustle enough. And I'm going to hustle. I'm going to help clear your table so you can make your money too. But if we're all pooling tips, there's going to be four or five people that phone it in that day. There just is, you know. Uh, but in terms of going back, like I don't know if I could work someplace that's really high end because it's just it's a lot. I, I really respect the level of professionalism that those people have and how like together they are and they're in good shape and you know they're not drinking on the job. I find that fascinating. No, <laughs> I never did though. Like I had friends oh, that boy. could do that. I was never. I, I never could do it. I had a guy I bar backed for and he would just sip from a cup of Jaeger yeah. all night, just sipping. Sipping Jaeger. Like what's in your coffee cup? <laughs> that is an episode. What's in your coffee cup? The other one is who's on cocaine? Um, <laughs> oh, and and that that was a stereotype that came true, not all the time, but a lot was restaurant managers. They love coke. I had a manager be like, "I just drank a double espresso. I mean triple. How are you guys?" And I'm like, "I've never seen you with a cup of anything caffeinated, ever." I think it's because it's the small amount of power they have, and they're like, how do I amp this small amount of power to the next level? Yeah. Cocaine is the answer. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, man, yeah. I got to say, I, I, I see you doing like one of those like laid back, off the grid, kind of drying a glass. As people, you know, quietly <laughs> walk in, you got another bar towel over your shoulder, and you're like, pull up a chair. Sure. You know, that kind of low key. Mm -hmm. You know what? The chili's like a tiny pretty good. Little Tokyo bar. Well, I'd fall. But those those are like so. Those are those are like beyond. Yeah. You have to be. <laughs> you have to per so perfect precise. at what you do. Yeah. No, I'm way too clumsy American to do that. Maybe that's your thing. <laughs> he dropped a bottle of Bud Light into my already full beer, and then just doused the whole thing in whiskey. <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing I've I've ever seen. <laughs> I. I remember my first, uh, like, um, I think it was the first time I did comedy on TV. It was like this show called Live at Gotham, and it was in New York. And I, I, a bunch of my friends came, and I did it. And then afterward, we're in this area of Manhattan where everything was just bars were just closing for some reason. And we found this gay bar that was, but we're bartended by. Uh, it was a wrestling themed gay bar, but it was like Greco Roman themed. And so there were the, all, every bartender was like in a onesie. And there's a he had a huge gut, and he looked like a bear, and he was and I and it was the perfect place to be because we were all like drinking, and I had one friend who was kind of homophobic, and he was extremely uncomfortable, and it made me so happy how uncomfortable he was, <laughs> and I'm like I would get a job there just being a onesie all day, <laughs> like that would be fun. Well, let's see if they still exist, and let's get you a job there. Sure, <laughs> let's do it. Oh my God, this has been great. Uh, yeah. We really appreciate you Thanks sharing. Thanks for having me. What yeah. a great idea because this is this it is a world I look back on and, and miss, for sure. I I I miss I miss being dumb with people. I miss like going and, and drinking on nights no one else was drinking. You know, like Sunday night was my Friday. Yep. Oh my God. Mondays. Mondays oh, yep. Monday's the best, and you just you feel like a pirate. I miss those days. You guys, all right, we have our first episode of Side Work under our belt. You guys were amazing. I'm looking forward to working together uh, in a non-restaurant setting. And, uh, Andrea, thank you so much for an awesome interview with Matt Bronger. Seriously, he's the best. The best. And uh, we're going to end every episode, as of now, with a little segment we like to call Here's a Tip, which is just unsolicited, nonsensical advice that you didn't ask for. Who'd like to start? Joss. 
Okay. Jocelyn. Uh, if you're waiting tables, tell your table uh, right from the get-go that you're tired because you've been studying for your college exams. I did it all 10 years of service, and guess what? Get, it'll get you at least an extra buck or two. <laughs> Highly recommend. Great tip. Hot tip. Hot tip. Kyle. I suffer from what my family calls the villa curse, which is where we are enormous klutzes and cut ourselves all the time. And there's this Australian stuff called pawpaw. And if you put pawpaw on any and any sort of cut or abrasion or anything like that, it sutures a wound overnight. And it's amazing. Plus, it sounds like a really comforting name. Like, I want to put some pawpaw on. I think this is great advice, too, uh, for people like you who might also, you know, set their head on fire <laughs> and need to treat burns. <laughs> Regrow hair. <laughs> Regrow hair. It really sutures uh, the fucking raw flesh yeah. on your scalp, mm -hmm. Kyle. It also costs like $6 on Amazon. Yeah. I'm just dropping names. I was like, okay, we're going to have Payless as a sponsor, Pawpaw, mm. and Amazon. What's up, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> Bezos! <laughs> um... Well, you spoke of pawpaw. I just went camping for a few days. I brought my pawpaw with me. Oh, it's so good. They're going to sponsor us, mate. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I found out. Uh, they're made, it's made in Australia. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, I found out via camping, uh, the best tip ever. You know, those big packets of uh, Burt's Bees facial wipes. They're just, I get the, I get the sensitive skin. Non, you know, chemical. At the rack, correct? Oh, yes. Unsc you go to the rack. Unscented, Okay, here's, here's a tip in a tip. You don't pay full price for these Burt's Bees. You go to Nordstrom Rack and go to the aisle that has the weird shit in it, and they've always got face wipes. Uh, so I got those for about $4. And let me tell you, when you're camping, you can just wipe anything. You wipe your face. You wipe your makeup off. You wipe your butt. You wipe your hands. Uh, you wipe your hands after you've been uh, just so much wiping. They were like a total amazing thing to bring with you camping. Can I add a hot, hotter tip to that? Hotter tip, Okay. Pour hot water on that Burt's Bees, you're going to feel extra fresh. Oh, okay. Joss! I got like you're on a transcontinental flight. Yeah. End of, the, end of the night, you put some hot water on that. <laughs> you rub that stuff down. Girl, you're going to feel clean as a whistle. You're going to get that hoo-ha whistling. I'd like to tell you. Could, I don't tell you. Uh, Andrea, we're, um, <laughs> Andrea, how are you doing with your tip? Not great. <laughs> If you live in the LA area, uh, there's a grocery store chain that we call Gelson's. A little expensive uh, from the get go, but great coffee sales, I will say. <laughs> you get a pound of coffee for $10.99. <laughs> $16.99 for a pound. That's all I got. Andrew, this is Andrew's <laughs> fifth attempt at coming up with a tip. On my mind, like, I've, I've had so many fun ideas <laughs> the whole episode. Like, it, while you guys were all giving your tips, it was like looking into the dead of space <laughs> in my brain. I was like, hey, hey, look I'm at done. me. That was a great tip. And I'm going to buy my coffee for ten ninety nine a pound at Gelson's. You bet your bottom dollar. Thank you. Aww. They've got a great Nog selection, too. Oh, oh there we go. Brings it all back around. We have our button. Ooh, okay. Nogs and beans. We're opening, we're opening that. <laughs> we're uh, artisanal eggnog latte only coffee shop. All year long. All right, oh my you God, guys, I... thanks for listening to Sidework. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. See Thanks you next for time. In. See you next it's time. It's all getting cut. I have the final. One. I'm cut. You're cut. You're cut. You're cut.
We're gonna try and get John Ham though. Eventually, is the perfect. Oh, he comes into my restaurant. All the time. Oh, did he? Did he, he just? But he's a restaurant owner. Did he work in one for? Yeah, for years and years. Like I think up until he got Mad Men, he was working in. Rock. He we'll always he comes we'll in. A, he comes in alone. Joss is just gyrating now. <laughs> like, where are the apps for that? Like, find no. John Ham. Ham Ham Tracker. Ham Tracker. Ham Tracker. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Thank you.